Uh, Paul has a great question here. Do you have any advice on being able to play what you hear? I can hear a sort of melodic outline in my head, but not any specific notes. So, Paul, that's a great start, is understanding that what you're hearing in your head, that needs to be what comes through. Even if it's not specific to the notes, you can go a long, long way and actually sound a lot better doing that, trying to get that out, than just not hearing anything and running your hands over some BS that you don't actually care about. Would you like to give an example of that? So I can do all sorts of things like (laughs) BS-wise. I mean, I can. It all sounds fine. That's pretty good. Some people are going to be like, "Whoa, I wouldn't mind playing that." So, yeah, but I don't care about what I just played. I, there's right. no impact with, to me. But if I wanted to play like, oh, he's feeling it. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. Look at that. Oh. Stargazing, possible stargazing on his way. All of that <laughs> meant something to me as it was happening because it was just what was happening in the moment. It was yep. the music that I was hearing. So even though it was a lot simpler, which you could honest, you could argue, you should argue, is a lot better anyway. It it was not. It was authentic, and that's what you want to go for. So you have to practice that. Right. That's right. We we are what we practice. I mean, it's such a obvious thing, but it's it's just so true. The authenticity that it that's required to play this music effectively can never be underestimated. And you know, when we're by our whoa, whoa, kind of adjusting over here, feeling good though. Yeah, yeah. So when um when we're practicing alone, which is normally how we're practicing, unless we're in a a, a lucky GPS situation or whatever, there's um there's such an opportunity to learn to talk to yourself musically, you know, because I always think of like performing music and, and, and really I would say, I think this extends into any kind of inter- artistic endeavor. I don't really know, but I'm thinking like dance or theater or whatever. It's such a unique combination of introspective talking to yourself and sharing directly with an audience, the energy of your art with them and getting back something. It's a very lonely thing in a way because it's just like you have to get so much into what you're doing and getting in touch with this authenticity that you can't be um, you can't be distracted by the audience or, or pandering to them if you're thinking about them too much. But on the other hand, you can't just, you have, you need the audience and that energy and what the energy that that brings should affect and inform your art on any particular night. So, you know, when you're practicing, it's really just one part of what you're doing. But I think it's so important to get in touch with that inner you that you're going to share with the world, you know, um, and be authentic and be ready for that and make that a part of your practice routine. For sure. And uh, some things that we like to do, some things, specific things you can do to practice this, Paul, is we do this on the guided practice session all the time, actually, is you can practice taking uh, a couple of courses, Right over a tune that you know really, really well. We'll just do a blues and okay. F here because it's that's a tune that I know very, very well. That's right. So we can do Thank a you. couple of choruses, and I'll just I'll play a chorus, n- just running my fingers. Right? Can you give me a little baseline piece? Yes, I can. One, two, one, two, three, four. Ah. 
Okay, so I was literally trying to not play what I was hearing. Right. Trying to just run my fingers over stuff that I know will work, but it's not really in my head at the moment. Yeah. And I'm going to try to like sing my way through this one. Let's do it again. One, okay. two, one, two, three, four. Now, I have a more limited vocal range, obviously, but none of what I just sang was any part of what I had just played. So that's a, there's a gap there, right, yep. in what I'm hearing in my head and what I'm playing. Now, what you can do is you do three choruses. So you do your first where you're trying not to hear and you're just running your fingers. Now we'll combine the two. One, okay. two, one, two, three, four. Okay, that that in my opinion was the best of the three choruses that I took, right? Because it was really just combining this this what I understand at the piano and we can't sing totally. And combining what's actually going on in my heart to my Aww. hands. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. definitely a, an Heartfelt. emotional thing yeah. out to the fingers. I think that combination, that's like a, you know, we talk about hearing what you play and telling your story and all that stuff. But like, this is a very practical way to actually practice it. Yeah. That's good. I've got nothing to add. Excellent. Yep. All right. Janet asks, what's up, Janet? <laughs> Can you talk about slow practice with a metronome? Um, and how best to approach speeding up. How to go through the transition from painstakingly slow to really swinging. Thanks, guys. Well, it's interesting, Janet, you say painstakingly slow to really swinging. I think the key to really getting the most out of metronome practice and and restricting yourself to practicing slow, say, with the... I mean, look, with the metronome, we can practice at any tempo. That's the beauty of it. But if you're talking about this, which can be very effective, starting slow and painstakingly pushing it up, that's how you do it. You don't skip any areas. But we want to think about... Don't wait until you start going fast to think about swinging. Mm. A lot of people make this mistake. So they might be able to, you know... uh, Well, we're on the F blues, you know... You know, and be like, oh, I can swing. But what about, let's do it. One, two. I don't know about this. All right. Painstakingly slow. Bam. hard to hang on it's hard to hang on it's hard to uh stretch after that mug (laughs) yeah like to not alter from that but that's where 
the women from the girls are separated out because you know what we're really talking about is the same things as mm. okay so we got one I mean, that's hard. That's that's hard to make that sound good. Um, and, and so, but what it does is like, if you can work on your swing before you get to that fast tempo, you're going to be in such a better position. And then we're just working it up very, very slowly, like one click. I mean, I'm old school. You know, we're old school here with the metronome. We're on the actual metronome. So we're just going up whatever it is, two or four B, BPMs at a time. And just learning to swing at those different tempos. I think too, like I remember playing with Betty Carter and she was very like, adamant about the ballads she would do these ballads um what was it like uh the man i love it was like one two oh my goodness three the man i love oh my gosh so like everything that you play has to be so you know perfectly placed and then you're thinking about like i would always think about if there wasn't like if you're playing solo, if you have a great drummer, which we did, they're filling in that space. But I think about those brushes. So if you're like, like that's filling in between each B. But if we go to half notes, wait a second. Can you keep the pulse going on that on those slow half notes? I'm sitting here doing 16 notes. <laughs> so those kind of exercises can really help you, not only obviously to play slow. Now you might not have a lot of occasion to do that, but that will help your internal clock. That'll help your pulse. That'll yeah. help your time. Really. Yeah, yeah. So playing, being able to play fast, practice slow. That's great. Uh, and actually someone was asking about rhythmic training. That's one of the best rhythmic training exercises yes. you can do too, is set your metronome as slow as you can possibly take it and practice... Um, vocalizing some of the subdivisions in there. I think that's some of the best rhythmic training you can do. Yeah, and then mix it up with the metronome. Like even say if you're if you're practicing at, you know, say like about here, you you could do, you know, you don't really want to do the metronome on all four, but maybe you're doing them all two and four, right? A one, two, three, four. So you got that going, you know, and then and that metronome's going there. But then what about the metronome just on four? Yeah. One, two, three, I got I got a human metronome. Look at that. Let's try my best. Try my best. We got time for one more question. Thank what? you all. We're ending the party. Oh man, it's almost four o'clock. We're almost here for an hour, oh, so right. we'll do one right. more. Maybe we'll do two more. We'll do two. Thank more Thank you guys questions. for joining us, man. On the big on a big Monday. We're we're we're, we're bringing Monday back. Where, where did it go? It didn't go anywhere. I don't we're know bringing where. Monday back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all the amazing questions. Waddle, it's been great. Waddle, man. That's what I'm saying, man. YouTube questions are better. That's right. They're just better. Big shout out. What if some of these are the same people as Instagram? Maybe the same people. On Instagram, just they get dumbed down by the whole the whole platform. I don't. I think I think that's what possible. I'm talking about. John asks, I understand using modes, and I understand the different sounds for each mode mode scale, but I don't understand when someone refers to a song that is written modally. Does that mean there's no key center? Uh, I yes. never knew this actually, so this will be good. No, essentially, when someone says let's play a modal tune, what they mean is a tune that doesn't have. 
what we call functional harmony. A lot of har- a lot of five one movements, a lot of traditional yep. Western harmony cadences, but is really centered around just a few different tonal centers. And those can be not random, but seemingly random. Unlike, say, like if you were to play My Romance, and everything is based off of the tonal center of B flat, and you have all these, you know, subdominants and, and all that. exactly like everything go, everything has a direction, right? Every chord is either a, a, a direction a logical, to another yeah. chord or is the landing point, the resolution, right? And there's even if it's like a deceptive cadence, it's still got a certain logic to it. There's you know? tension and resolution built into the harmony. Whereas in a modal tune, like say, so what, as Peter was just playing, Uh, in a tune like that, uh, there is no built-in tension and release to the actual chord itself, right? There's no, there's no, right, or even this, right? right? There's no like tension that you can lean on in the chord changes. And so when when someone says let's play a modal tune, they mean a tune like that that doesn't have that kind of functional harmony. And what's great about that is it's it's actually very freeing. You can then add any kind of tension you want, and that's yeah. that's what players often do to a tune like So What? You know, instead of having a minor 2, 5, 1... Why am I doing it so... Da, 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 <laughs> uh, instead of having that, that <laughs> function... Mileage! Ha, <laughs> Instead of having that uh, built in, yeah. you have to create that yourself, and that's what people do. So you might, yeah. instead of having a minor two five one, <laughs> you can do stuff like create tension by doing chromaticism, or it really any any way you like. It's it's really your call. Yeah, and I think um, I'm actually not sure about this. You have to correct me if I'm wrong, please, Adam. Mm. But um, I think if you if you think about being kind of oh sorry I got the wrong thing hey how you doing <laughs> if you think about it like D minor so what like that's your home base like that's where everything is happening that kind of makes it modal even if it's just was just that section of course we know it just goes up to there and then comes back so there's a certain amount of functionality in a way I guess but the idea of like if it's not modal you can still have a D dorian but it's at a certain point, you know, it's there, and then it's going there. But this is like the one, you know. Yeah. And it's not even like, you know, I guess it could be. That'd be another mode, right? It's whatever but, you want it to be yeah. in that sense, yeah. A lot of times we're looking at, like, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, Phrygian. That's the one, actually, as opposed to it's not leading anywhere, you know. Yeah, there's no, there's nowhere it's leading. You have to accept what's happening. Yeah. Um, do you know the two Night Dreamer? Oh yeah, Wayne Shorter. Yeah, I don't know that tune actually. Someone's it, asking uh, about how to play the vamp. G major, F minor seven, E flat, and D seven alt all crammed into two bars. Well, that'll be great if we go out on um, a question and on a tune that we don't know. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, but maybe I remember playing Night Dreamer. I can't remember how it goes. Dude, is that dude? I don't know. I don't know it. No, that's this is for Albert. Oh yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I know one thing. Hmm. I don't know if this is gonna work, but we will see. Oh, oh, we got Her- Hermeto's question. We can answer. Okay, he meant the whole tone. So let's see. Oh, whole tone. Okay. So, could you please give any examples, tips, oh, where you are using the whole tone scale? Okay, so that's a great question. How do you use the whole tone squ- scale? Where do you use it? 
why would you ever use it? Oh, you're asking me. Well, no, Sorry. we can ask anybody. <laughs> so, but this could go back to a modal thing for sure. So, especially in a, on a vamp or on a, on like a pedal, like if you're doing something like. You could use it. They're great for building whole tone scales. Are great for building tension like that. You yeah. could also use it as you they're know, a little menacing, right? It's got a little bit of a menacing sound. You could use it as a as a dominant. It's very airy sounding. Yep. You know. Ooh, ooh la la, my liege. Very dreamlike in that regard. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I only use it as a texture like that. I would yeah. never play it in changes, right? No, no, no. But you could think about, um, you know, they're just playing it, but then there's like broken fifths, broken thirds. But also one way I like to look at any kind of scale is a possibility to explore triads. So if you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm just playing triad. These are, what is it? Second inversion triads coming down. But I'm still using the pattern, the foundation There's of the pattern as, you know. Famous, um, you can do the Meldau-esque. Yeah, you better look at your shoes if you're even going to think about doing that. <laughs> Love that one. Yeah, cool. Well, should we do our little, let's see here. If I play this correctly, this is always nerve-wracking because, you know, we think it's playing, but we don't really know, do we? No, we don't know if it's playing. Well, we could wait, 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 wait. Are we going out on <laughs> yeah, this? I think we're going out. Is this how we're going out? <laughs> I think it's playing. Is how we're going out? Oh I mean, that's God. what we've been reduced to. We're getting better, but we still aren't, aren't quite there. Look at that. There it is. There it is. And it's coming up. Um, you know how we do it. So tomorrow, you'll hear it. <laughs>